Welcome to Sisters and Sonder, the stories of the unheard, a storytelling podcast, a place for the misfits and the outcasts to find validation and healing through the power of stories. Sonder, a noun meaning the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. We're your hosts, Sammy and Tori. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sisters and Saunders podcast, The Stories of the Unheard. Today we will be discussing a very controversial topic. Um, we will be discussing the N-word and have uh, share some stories we have about being addressed as that um, in our lives. For personal reasons, Tori and I have decided to not use that word fully in this episode, so we will only be referring to it as the N-word. If you do not understand which word we are referring to, simply Google the N-word and you will know exactly what we're talking about. So, Tori, will you please define the N-word for us? Sure. It's a noun. And the definition of it is a contemptuous term for a black or dark-skinned person. Thank you so much. So we'll have a story that Tori and I will share that is an experience that we both actually experienced together that is referring to the N-worth. So we'll be right back after this. Today's story time in Sammy, I'm going to actually read a poem that I feel is very prevalent for this episode, as well as kind of shows the perspective of a side that we don't really see or have experience knowing exactly what to do in that situation. Um, it's a poem written by Tony Glogler, and it is called the last time I used the n-word. I will uh, put a warning on here that it does at the end use some explicit language so if you don't want to hear it I would say skip about a minute in um, to not hear it but here it goes. The last time I used the n-word was back in the New York City crack years. A perfectly crisp fall day climbing out of the F train hole and walking the block and a half to the group home, decades before Brooklyn grew too cool for its own good. I nodded to old man Jose as he hung flower pots from the awning of his store. My hands were tucked in my pockets and Van Morrison's full force gale was blowing through my head when a kid started walking next to me and said, almost in a whisper, Mister, give me your wallet. I lifted my hands looked him up and down, a thin, brown-skinned, maybe 13-year-old kid, and I smirked, kept walking when another kid grabbed my shoulder and said, we ain't shittin', and pressed this tiny gun against my neck. I just raised my arms to God on high and surrendered as he dug deep in my pockets until Jose yelled something in Spanish and they tore ass through the schoolyard, down on into the projects. I waved to Jose and walked up the steps to my job, rang the bell, and Liz, who told everyone that she was my black mama, asked, Child, what happened to you? And wrapped me in her huge arms, saying, 
those fucking niggers. And I mumbled my mostly to myself, yeah, those fucking niggers. As if I was singing along to the radio and the word felt so right, so good, rolling, tumbling out of my mouth. Welcome back. So today we're going to start out with a story that Tori's going to tell us about the first time she was ever called the N-word. For me personally, I've never actually been called the N-word uh, derogatorily. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so I've never been called it, um, but I actually remember this story because there is a part at the end that I get involved with this person that decided to address my sister this way. So Tori, will you please start the story and tell us your side? Yeah. So ninth grade was a rough year for me. We'll start with that. Um, I seventh and eighth grade were definitely rough. And then everyone was like, it gets better when you get to high school. And they were wrong. Um, high school was the worst. Um, and it just was like, I mean, I'm a small person now, but in high school, little 14 year old me was a very small person. Tiny. And so anyway, so it was just rough. I ended up sort of being adopted into this friend group that was full of, it was the high school I went to my ninth grade year was mostly rich people. So these kids were the poor, the few poor people. And so they sort of took me under their wing. I became part of their friend group. Um, and I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what happened. Um, I don't remember what started the argument, but somehow I got into this argument with this girl who for a ninth grader was huge. I'm sure she was only like five, six or something, but she seemed gigantic as a ninth grader, right? Um, she was just like this big girl. She was tall and broad. And um, and I don't remember what happened, but we were in an argument and she kind of towered over me at one point and said, um, like, I'm not going to take that from a N-word. And, like, <laughs> I'm speechless right now, which is what happened then. Yep. I, like, you know those moments in TV shows where someone has, like, a crazy traumatic moment or something, and there's, like, that white noise, like, high-pitched buzz, and, like, everything yeah, goes like silent. A, yeah. And and that's... Like a sound bomb. Yeah. Like a... Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's what happened. Like, my ears were ringing, and everything was sort of silent, and I don't remember. It was around our other friends, um, which one of them was our cousin on our da- on our grandpa's side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't remember if they said anything. I don't remember if they did anything. It seemed, I can, I have a vague memory of sort of, like, pointing and yelling between them. Um but then, so everything went quiet slash ringy and white noisy. And then I just remember, like, finding you. I was like, I got to just find my sister. That's the solution in this moment. Um, and um, and I found you, and I maybe said words to you. I don't remember saying you, words you, to you. I remember, oh, yeah. I remember your body turning into 
of flame. Um, <laughs> like we were in a cartoon because you were so mad. And, um, and yeah, I don't know how. I was, I was raging. I was blood red. Yeah. And then. Because of how angry I was. Also, time is split up. It's like we teleported everywhere because I was like in front of this girl. She said the N word. And then I teleported to being in front of you. And then we teleported to back being in front of this girl. Like, I don't remember walking through the halls. I don't remember what time of day it was. I don't remember if it was before or after school. I have no idea. Because um, it, it was so jarring. Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember you turning into a literal flame ball, um, and you maybe had a friend with you as well. Yeah, I had my friend uh, Rebecca. Okay, yeah, and Rebecca was with me, and we literally went, and I was I was raging. I could not speak for a solid like two minutes, and Rebecca was also raging, and so she was like, "I heard you called Sammy's sister." a terrible word and she was like who's uh sammy's sister and she was like tori and she's like well who's sammy and i was like me i remember that <laughs> and at that moment yeah. you were 10 feet tall um yeah <laughs> because i just remember and... her saying who's sammy and then you were like me and you only said one word me and i just remember yeah you were like 10 feet tall and all of a sudden this girl was the size of a cockroach um yeah yeah, and, and she, I literally said, you will not make eye contact with me or my sister for the rest of your life. Yeah. And she walked away, and the rest of that year, because I only saw her that year, um, she would literally turn around in the hallway if she saw me on the other end. Oh, my gosh. Like, and I, that was all I did. I didn't, I didn't touch her i didn't get near her mm-hmm. i just threatened her mere existence at that point because no one's gonna say that to my tiny ass sister yeah who is literally five feet mm-hmm. and has no meat on her bones i don't even know if i was so, five feet by then i'm barely I five feet now that's <laughs> a grown ass <laughs> woman <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she um she played it tough until until you showed up. Um, oh yeah, because and she was still I mean, playing it tough to it Becca. Tough. She was still saying like what what you know like, yeah. I don't no not in front of me. And honestly, like as far as being a bully or being tough goes, like dropping the n word is like the lowest of the low. It's such a simple like quick thing right like it's not even yeah it's a it's an easy jab like you're not totally doing anything but using a word that's been used for so long to be derogatory it's almost like cowardly like you didn't do anything and yeah i mean not to say that it doesn't have power and weight because it does and it did yeah and i transferred schools after that but um (laughs) (laughs) you know like it was such a easy yeah jab and just like for the one of like three black people at the school, you're really gonna drop the N word? Like, why? And I don't know. And you know, I saw that girl one more time in my life. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but no. When you take the ACTs in town, you take them at the university in in a big room with anyone that's scheduled their ACT for that day. So you're in a huge room yeah. with all the seniors of the year. 
Um, and I showed up to the ACT at one point and I walk in the room and she's sitting in the front row and I just, I looked right at her and I walked right past her and I went and took my test. So, and she like looked at me and like head down immediately, like just stared at her paper. (laughs) I just walked past her. By then, um, my transferring of schools was much better for me. I did a lot better at the other school, made a lot more yeah. friends. Um, so by then, you know, I was a lot more confident and steady in who I was and a little bit bigger. I maybe grew a couple of inches. Um, so, uh, yeah, so by that time, you know, I just was able to walk past her and just live my life. But very interesting. Well, and it's hard because, I mean, we grew up in such a small town that there literally was three black people Mm -hmm. like in our school and so that gives people like her to be that kind of bully because who are we going to report it to Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the fact that I was there to like be your support and backup there's nothing we could not address that to the principal Mm -hmm. he's not going to do anything he was absolutely terrible Mm -hmm. at controlling the students alone let alone dealing with anything that was uh racially provoked Mm -hmm. and so just having the fact that she thought that she would be able to get away with it because who are we going to tell Mm -hmm. well and i did end up going and talking to the principal about it just to see like if anyone else has reported this person or and just for him to kind of watch her i guess that i didn't expect him to do anything because i didn't i mean you just don't expect quote-unquote justice when you're black you just expect everyone to tell you to get over it um that said, he, um, you know, said that there's no disciplinary action that they could take um, because his literal words were, we can't all just get offended by any old word. Of course. Uh, of course. So he's like, what, am I going to suspend someone for saying apple? Like he just like he like came up with like the most ridiculous example to completely disregard the importance of taking care of a black person right um and i was a freshman and i was one of the poor kids so i i definitely did not matter to him so no um and i'm certain that that's still pretty much how the school district views it um if a kid was called n-word today i'm certain that the school district would still say that you know there's not any written rule that they have to take disciplinary action for being called the n-word or any other derogatory term I mean, the fact that we're still having to discuss in this day and age the mascot Mm -hmm. for the high school Mm -hmm. and the fact that people want to keep it because it is a tradition, Mm -hmm. even though it is so racist Mm -hmm. and not supporting the people that it's racist against, Mm -hmm. that it's just it was it's such a struggle to be the the good man and the the higher ground oh for sure for sure when people know that you're gonna have to take the higher ground because there's no way Mm -hmm. that you will be able to get down and dirty to their level and get away with it yeah Mm -hmm. that said mega props to the current principal of pocatello high school 
She did. She did <laughs> fight to yeah. get the mascot retired, and the school district yeah. came through and they voted, and voted to retire the mascot of the Pocatello Indians, which I'm very proud of, and I'm glad that they made the right decision. Um, and they're facing recall votes and whatever for it, but I think it's worth it. I think that they all saw that it was worth it, and they all saw that you know the time for change is now, and if not now, then then you're really on the wrong side of history. So. Yeah, then when? Because, I mean, we were there, what, 10 or so years ago, and we experienced that. Yeah, and, and I had a problem with clearly, it then. People act like, people were like, no one's ever had a problem with it. And I was like, I did. I just didn't say anything. Because <laughs> yeah. why would I say something? <laughs> why would I say something when you're going to say, well, am I going to suspend everyone that says Apple? Exactly, exactly. Thank you for comparing my feelings to a fruit. Also, it's more than feelings, mm. right? Like... Like, when yeah, you called me the blown... N-word, like, you stabbed all the way through to my ancestors that were put on a boat and brought to America. Yeah. Like, it stabs through my history. Yeah. Yeah. I we I read an article that literally called it a blood-stained history yeah. of that word. Like, the it doesn't matter if you say words can't hurt you. They can when you intend them to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if we're reclaiming it or people have reclaimed it. It's the same as queer. The moment you still are using mm-hmm. it derogatory, it's the the meaning behind it. Absolutely. It's the integrity behind it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to purposely tell me something and be rude about it and really try to dig into my skin, it's not you're not trying to use the word to better yourself Mm -hmm. you're trying to use the word to hurt and that's that's the whole reason why you're not allowed to say it Mm -hmm. it's the reason why we don't say Mm -hmm. it i don't want to offend anyone even if i'm trying to reclaim it yeah i do reclaim queer but that's because i feel comfortable with that you know and there is like there is history behind that one but the history behind the n-word is so dark Mm -hmm. it's so dark like it literally is dark yeah it is just blood-stained and there's no reason for anyone to think that they can justify by using it yeah and i mean there's like actual studies of like looking at black people's blood and comparing it to like ancestral blood and seeing that like the makeup of chemicals in our bodies are carried through. And so the trauma that our ancestors experienced being slaves are carried through in our blood. Literally, it still lives on within us. And that is, it's like it boils when that word is said, you know, or when you're attacked for being the color that you are or or whatever. So Well, it boils because... You're literally judging us for something we have no control over. Mm-hmm. We were born with this skin. It's not something I wanted. It's not something I told, you know, whoever created me. Mm-hmm. Oh, please let me have some cappuccino skin so that I can use cappuccino foundation for Maybelline. <laughs> like... No one. Also, oh, the fact boy. that half of our foundation. Oh boy, makeup, makeup is a whole other story. I cannot. Oh, 
I cannot. The amount I'm either caramel, mm-hmm. uh, cappuccino. I've just been tan before, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is just a tan. Oh, okay, tan. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me some tan. Yes, thank you. I'm. I got this tan when I came out of the womb. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just hard to bear the fact that you're not even doing anything. Mm-hmm. You're just existing. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're existing in that skin is causing problems. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can't and remember the argument means that it was nothing. It was a nothing argument. It was nothing. It was pointless, yeah. And the way she decided it- to win it, quote unquote, was to drop the N-word to, because yeah. she knew that it would stop me. In my tracks. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous that anyone feels justified to put someone down like that. Mm-hmm. No one should justify being that rude that you're going to destroy an entire person's day. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. So there is well, my end story. There is the story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Uh, Thank you for being there for me. (laughs) Of course. I'm always there. Always. I will be your backup. I am there. Ten feet tall, literal flame. (laughs) Uh, Flames on the side of my head. Uh, Do you have, like, I know that you don't remember much of what happened, but do you remember how you moved past it um well I mean I just kind of avoided her of course um yeah and luckily I've always been that person that's like I'm so weird and that's what makes me awesome and I so I so it was easy to I don't know still just be like see I'm like I'm just still myself and I still have this cool thing about me and this cool thing about me like it it was kind of just internal monologue of like her words while hurtful because I'm not going to say they didn't hurt and I'm not going to say that I I wasn't shocked um and minimized I felt very small um but yeah. I was still able to say but like I'm cool and but my sister came to my rec- rec- oh, rescue um and you know and like back then of course we went to church a lot and so you know I I had my church people and I had god yeah. and I and you know things like that so just sort of you know re-accessing those pieces of me that um are self-love and confidence um and those support systems you know is really and then you know I ended up moving away from the school um that was sort of a drastic way of moving through it but um it was there was obvious there was a ton of reasons and that that was just one um and and it was in the end for the better. Um, I fit in at yeah. the other school a lot more, uh, and I was kind of able to find my crew and my um, passions. So you know that's like a major move um, to move past it. But I think it's sometimes best to eliminate yourself from the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's moments where you're not going to be able to control the environment as much as you want, and Sometimes you just need to exit. Yeah. And it's for the better. Yeah. And it was made abundantly clear that I'm not safe at that school. That if anything yeah. happened more, because she was a big girl and she had big girl friends and like she could have 
beat the shit out of me. And I, yeah. I was made very clear that I do not matter and that I am not yeah. safe and that there is yeah. no one to protect me other than you. And you are going to yeah. graduate in one year. And True. so, yeah, remove myself from the situation and go to a school that I had, you know, just friends saying that it was a lot better and a lot more friendly and a lot more safe for people of color. Um, and that's just anecdotic anecdotes, man, I can't speak today, but, um, (laughs) but you know, I took the chance because it was better than the definitive that I am not safe at that high school, that the principal will not do anything. Yeah, for sure. So I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we both survived that without literal blood on our hands. Yeah. It could have gone far differently. <laughs> far differently. <laughs> if like, she didn't, like, was... cower and run away like she did, it, yeah. it could have been bad. <laughs> and I was ready. I was ready. I know. You were literal flames. Flames. Maybe I've I should draw that that sometime. angry. Yes. <laughs> and it just says, me. <laughs> Who's Sammy? Me. Me. Yes. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. So now it is time for Tidbits with Tori. As far as moving through the feeling of that sort of deep word you know for us as black people it's n-word um for other people it might be a different word i'm sure you have your one word or phrase that when someone says it it makes you go cold and um sort of makes the world stop or spin around you and similar to what i mentioned earlier just regrounding yourself in that space of your self-love wherever that comes from your people like the people that you can go and depend on like are invaluable in those moments um and then just reminding yourself that words can hurt but they don't have to define you and they don't have to control you they can just hopefully you know while being hurtful can also just sort of slide off your back and hopefully be able to move forward past those and just like I did if you have to take more drastic steps of removing yourself from that person from those situations like do it boundaries are important you're allowed to set boundaries you're allowed to take care of yourself and you're allowed to protect yourself there's nothing wrong with doing that so if it comes to that if you have to cut people out or cut out situations just to protect yourself do it boundaries are important and that is Tidbits with Tori. And there you have it, folks. Stories of the unheard. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you found something insightful in this episode. Let us know what you thought. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Sisters and Sonder Pod and at our website, SistersandSonder.com. Remember, Dr. Seuss said, why fit in when you were born to stand out?